Welcome to episode 17 of Biased Opinion. I'm PJ Hennessy. Today we have a two-part soccer special for you. In part one, Janusz Mihalik from ESPN joins us. I must say we had a few technical difficulties throughout the interview. My voice sounds a little weird. On a few occasions, Janusz couldn't hear the question I asked him. His dog barked a few times. But luckily throughout the interview, Janusz's voice comes out very clear. He brings a lot of insight to the table. So I apologize in advance for a few errors that are just too hard to edit out on the Anchor app. So in the end, it was very nice of Janusz to take time of his day to talk to us. And it still should make for a great interview, so it's definitely worth a listen. Here is the start of the interview. And welcome to episode 17 of Bias Opinion. On today's episode, we will preview the major European soccer leagues that are about to get underway. Help us analyze the top clubs in Europe. We have a special guest today, Janusz Mahalik from ESPN, joins us. Janusz, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing good. Um, we'll start at the top of the Premier League. Later on, we'll touch on some other clubs. But let's start with Manchester City. They're the reigning Premier League champions. They beat Liverpool to the title last season, accumulating 98 points, winning the last 14 matches to win the title by one point. This season, Manchester City are looking to become the first team since Manchester United under Alex Ferguson to win the Premier League three times in a row. Giannis, do you think Manchester City are going to experience the championship hangover, or will they be at a similar level to last season? Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, they're clearly uh, the favorites right now. Even you know, even though Liverpool has pushed them uh, last season, it was a superb season uh, by Liverpool, of course. I I just don't know if. Uh, you know, after coming up short with one point and for Liverpool to lose just one game and still be unable to uh, to win the league, if you can kind of get that energy and that sort of momentum to push City again. I mean, it's a big ask what these Liverpool players were doing. You know, the the, the momentum snowballs on you where you kind of, you see this uh, holy grail and you still come up short. I, I just think, you know, the way Liverpool are right now, they haven't really strengthened. They're, they're hoping that some of the players... Uh, uh, maybe some of the younger players will come good, right? Uh, um, and you're hoping that everybody's going to replicate the form they've had last season, which was, uh, you know, think about it, almost unbelievable to lose just one game and come up short. Now, I don't, you know, you can still win a league by losing two or three. And, and uh, obviously Manchester City, uh, uh, you know, could give them an opening, but I, I find that hard to believe. Um, bad news, of course, for Manchester City in terms of Zane. Uh, with his ACL being torn, because I mean, uh, look, we still don't know if he would have stayed, if he would have gone to to Bayern Munich and whatever the story may be. But looking at adding, you know, adding players like Rodri and now Cancelo uh, from Juventus, which happened, what was it today or yesterday? Um, mm-hmm. It just it just strengthens uh, Manchester City, and and uh, I'd be very surprised if they don't win uh, uh, the Premier League for the third time in a row. Yeah, Liverpool. Didn't make any signs this season. Do you think they should have strengthened at the same time? It's also kind of hard to find players that would improve their team at the moment. Well, I I, I think, you know, and this is just a little bit of a guess, that deep down Liverpool knew that in order to make a real, real push uh, to win the league, they would need to, you know, get another two or three quality players, just not just any players. And you look at the window and the sort of money, it requires, right? I mean, if you think, for example, Bruno Fernandes could have helped you, right? You're talking about 80 million pounds. If you thought, like, you know, there's talk about Pepe who went to Arsenal, that's 70 to 75. So deep down, you have to make a decision. And I think, you know, 
consciously or subconsciously, and, and understand me here, I'm not saying that Klopp gave up on it, but I think he understands that it's a task that, that requires, again, spending 150, 200 million pounds, and even then you're not 100% sure. So I think, I think Jurgen Klopp has said to himself, we're in a good position, we've built for long term, uh, uh, Klopp will be saying to himself, I've had a pretty decent track record, not just here in Liverpool, but in Dortmund, in getting young players to perform overperform, right? So if you saw Robertson, if you saw uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's probably uh, thinking Rian Brewster, maybe Kent, maybe, you know, whoever it may be. He's, he's looking at Nabi Keita probably saying, well, this is his year to come up big. He's looking at Oxley Chamberlain, who hasn't played, obviously, so he's thinking, if it's going to happen, I'm going to trust the players that I have, because even if I went out there to spend another 150, 200 million, there's still no guarantees. So I can understand him not not going out there and strengthening, but part of me think always thinks that adding a player or two always sends the message to the club, right, to the players, not not just that there's competition, but it kind of says here's another player or two that can help us to achieve that goal. Yeah, I, I agree with both of your points on that one. Uh, come on to Chelsea, reigning Europa League champions. They squeaked out a top three finish last season under manager Maurizio Sarri, who has since moved on to Juventus. New manager Frank Lampard takes over Stamford Bridge. He's obviously a club legend, but this is only the second year in management after taking Derby down to the playoff final last season. Giannis, we know the huge expectations that are at Chelsea. Historically, not a patient club with managers. So I don't mind them. I mean, it's a big unknown. The truth be told, we don't know because because we haven't seen we haven't seen Chelsea like that. Right. On on all fronts, we have not seen a young and inexperienced manager that, that Frank Lampard is. And we have not seen Chelsea. Uh, dealing with young players, right? We all knew they've had him, but under, under Jose Mourinho, under Mauricio Sarri, uh, under Antonio Conte, those three managers always won ready players, experienced and, and players that can play on all fronts and have the experience to do that. So, so uh, you know, the, ban, the transfer ban for two windows has forced Chelsea's hand. Uh, I'm with you in a way that even though they may begin some benefit of the doubt because of the transfer window ban and all of that. Uh, the expectations are going to stay high because no matter how good or bad we think Chelsea are, they're always winning something. Every season, there's an expectation of winning the league, the, the, the Champions League or the European League or the FA Cup. And they have done it. Even you know under Zari last year, they've done it again. So, um, But it's hard to put your hand on it because... The problem with younger players getting getting a look and a manager that's relatively inexperienced is that it only comes out in a wash. You've got to wait and see and look at them. Uh, uh, I mean, any prediction is always difficult, even with great teams. But with this one, it is so unusual and so new to the way Chelsea has operated ever since uh, Abramovich has taken over that it's really, really difficult to see. But but uh, to some degree, I'm excited about it. I think I think all the... F- uh, certainly Chelsea fans, but a lot of us felt that, uh, you know, having so many players on loan, so many young and promising players uh, and not using them, now is the time to maybe rebuild uh, just a little bit. Uh, I guess the, the biggest question mark, the only question mark is, is that, you know, we're going to have to wait and see what uh, Hudson Odoi is going to look like and um, 
and Loftus-Cheek, right? I mean, certainly two players that already had some experience. One was uh, very much coveted uh, by Bayern Munich. That, uh, uh, that's Hudson Odoi, of course. They both had very, very difficult and similar or same injuries in terms of Achilles, right? Um, they're not going to be ready for the start of the season. And then once they come in, coming off an injury like this, you know, you just never know, right? You've got to wait. How long does it take them to, to, to catch up and, and get uh, match ready and all of that? Uh, but those are two very important players, I think, for Frank Lampard because clearly he's looking at, uh, at younger players. And, and the best example of that was basically telling uh, David Luiz that he's, you know, fourth choice center back. And David Luiz, you know, two months earlier, signed a two-year contract was very, very happy. Next thing you know, he forces a move to Arsenal. So so Frank Lampard is getting okay for that, obviously, because, you know, he's you know, he's not the sort of manager that's just going to say, this is how we do it and it's done, right? So everybody is on the same page uh, with Frank Lampard in terms of integrating the younger players and understanding where they are at the moment. Yeah, should be a, a new look Chelsea this season. Sticking uh, in London for the next two teams, Tottenham Hotspur. They're in their sixth season under manager Mario Pochettino. Yannick, what do you think we can expect from Tottenham this season? Is it unfair to say that they're competing for the Premier League this season? For a second. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry. I hope that's you can edit these things. Uh, if not, yeah, then. We can uh, edit it. Yeah, yeah, uh, I yeah because you're kind of breaking up. Uh, I hear you, but I so I, I think you were asking about Spurs. Yes, Spurs. Well, I mean, my goodness, uh, I already like them without you know any players. I mean, I, I, we we we've sort of gotten used to this, right? Because last two windows, uh, uh, Spurs haven't bought any players, and and uh, and and uh, Maurizio Pochettino has done a tremendous job. First and foremost, uh, I think you got to. You got to love the fact that Mauricio Pochettino is still at Spurs because that was a big question mark, and and all the players that were there stayed, right? Because j- just just think about that. I mean, I I don't know if there was an ex- expectation, but you could see how maybe the the, the Barcelona's, Real Madrid's, or some of the big clubs could have gone after you know at the very least Harry Kane and who knows Deli Ali or maybe some of the younger players. Let's talk about Christian Eriksen, but he's got everybody right now, and you know the additions uh, have been good. I mean, uh, and Dombele obviously is a player that you can get excited about, and the sort of player that thrives under Pochettino, right, in the midfield, the, the powerful uh, a player with range of play, with uh, good vision and tactical ability, good on both sides of the ball, right? Sessegnon um, uh, coming over left back, fills the need. He's still young and somewhat raw, so let's wait and see uh, what happens uh, uh, with them. Uh, they did get another player, and that for a second escapes me. Uh, Giovanni. Uh, uh, Giovanni Lo Celso, obviously a very, very technical player from Real Batiste, a player in the center of the midfield that kind of fills the need because they have a lot of those players. And the way they play their system, they are pretty good defensively, aren't they, right? Pochettino has done a very good job in the back four. The midfield's always strong and tough. And and uh, the, the back four and the midfield allow all those attacking players. You know, look at Harry Kane, look at Deli Alli, look at Son. You look at Lamela, who's back from injury and already looking good in the preseason. You look at kind of rebirth of Lucas Mora. You look at still at Christian Eriksen, who's still there. And, you know, let's just assume that he's going to stay there. And now you, you add another very creative player in Lo Celso, 
who is going to find you know the same language from Pochettino both Argentines obviously he's been pushing for him uh, from the beginning so he really likes him so you look at a dispersed team and I mean there's just positives even Alderweireld if he stays I mean I still think he's a good player we'll see because let's not forget that the window is open in the rest of Europe right so you can see still some of those players like perhaps Ericsson and, and Alderweireld, you can see them going to Spain, Italy or Germany, wherever it may be. But I think Spurs have gotten better. They have now the full season in their beautiful stadium who, you know, you would imagine will be, uh, should be a fortress for them. So you look at it, Spurs that may close the, you know, surely a top four team, which they don't have to worry about. So that's always positive. Historically, it hasn't been the case. Uh, a team that was in the, in, in the Champions League final, and I would imagine that this is a team that will, I think, push Liverpool. I mean, really push them, or at the very least, will not be looking over their shoulders like they were last season, where they just, uh, what was it? I mean, not, not that they squeezed in, but, you know, there were times towards the end of the season where, you know, they still had to worry. I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, it looks like Man City, Liverpool, and Spurs have separated themselves from the rest of the league. Uh, Moving on to Arsenal, would Arsenal's season be a success if they finish in the top four this season, or can they achieve anything more? Well, I mean, first of all, speaking of another team that had a, a very, very good uh, uh, transfer window, right? I mean, it, two weeks ago, or whenever it was that Pepe came in, two or three weeks ago, whatever that was, I didn't have Arsenal anywhere near top four. And I, if I had to make a call today... Because the top three spots are taken for me. Uh, it's, it's City, Liverpool, and Spurs, whichever order you, you like, uh, uh, that's taken. And we're talking about a fourth spot in the Champions League. And right now, I mean, it was always hard between Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal, and maybe if you think that somebody else is going to squeeze in, which I don't. Uh, but today, I'm looking at maybe out of the three between Manchester United, Chelsea, and Arsenal, you'd have to say that Arsenal would be favorites with what they've done in the window. Because even though Pepe was a question mark, because at the time when they got him, it almost seemed, my goodness, I mean, do they need another attacking player? But I even remember saying, well, well, let's wait. I mean, yes, it's going to be a massive question mark if Pepe is the only one they get. But if if you look at uh, uh, Danny Ceballos, of course, in the midfield, I think he's going to be a positive. You look at David Luiz coming in. Uh, and again, I'm missing another player. Who else? They, they did get another player. Um, Left back uh, from South from Celtic, uh, uh, yeah, oh my God, well, why am I forgetting his name? But anyway, so still a young player, but, you know, if you think, and I do think that, you know, I mean, Rob Holding is not far away, and he was positive before he was injured early last season. If you look at Bellerin, who, of course, again, difficult uh, injury, uh, 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 the whole season was gone, but I'd like to think that he's going to get back to a, a, a very good level again. He's still young enough, and I don't see why he wouldn't. All of a sudden, you look at a team that maybe we thought was really top-heavy to a team that has some decent balance. Look, I, I never rated David Luiz as a defender, but but I think at $8 million with his experience, and he does have that leadership quality, uh, I, I think he's going to help uh, 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 Arsenal in the back. Uh, I, I don't think he's that much of a risk. So so uh, I think, again, if you look at the po- you know who had the positive windows, you look at their Arsenal – that really have helped themselves. Now, are they going to still have issues in the back from time to time? Are they going to have issues with balance because they're so attacking-minded? Under Unai Emery, they like to press and play high defensively. 
which doesn't suit David Luiz, doesn't suit Socrates, Socrates because of lack of pace and, and even Mustafi and whoever else is going to play. Yeah, there's going to be some issues, but uh, I do think that they're going to be formidable going forward. When you look at their record at home, I mean, they never lose, and I don't think that's going to be the case. And, and again, if they just get their away uh, uh, record a little bit better because it was horrendous, look, I mean, they missed top four last season by one point. So if you thought Arsenal were bad last year, they only missed it by one point, and here they are with what I think are three, four positive signings that should help them, then maybe that's enough to take him over that uh, edge, you know, to, 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 to the fourth place. Yeah, last season, those mid-table late games really killed Arsenal down the stretch. Uh, last team will cover Manchester United. Uh, with the additions of Aaron Wambasaka, Daniel James, and Harry Maguire, you think Manchester United can improve on last year's place? Uh, they've improved because, yes, Aaron Maguire is, is a good defender. He's going to give him leadership. Uh, uh, Juan Bisaka, obviously, at right back is a good signing. So that's an improvement. But unfortunately, you know, what is that improvement? Uh, uh, you know, a few more points. Is that enough to get them to fourth place? It's very much questionable because they haven't done what they've said they were going to do. Um, you know, they lost Lukaku. You know, depending on how you feel, it's still a, a capable player, right? I mean, you still have somebody. They haven't replaced him as far as we know right now. Uh, unless there's something late deal, late registration that we'll find out later. Uh, that's a lot of pressure on 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 Rashford, on Marshall. They're talking about Greenwood, young player. My goodness. I mean, if you're going to put that sort of pressure on, on, uh, on these uh, uh, young players, then all the best. Uh, it... it Look, I, you can rattle off six, seven, eight, nine, ten names that I remember. Everybody, including fans, and even to some degree, even to some degree, um, uh, uh, Ole. They, they were going to clean house. Oh, sorry, my my dog wants to have a say. <laughs> sorry, I'm going to move upstairs because they're, they're mowing my lawn, so it's going to be done. So you're going to okay. have to edit that. So clean. So again, um, there was talk about uh, clearing Deadwood. I'm not sure if that happened. If you look at that, uh, how many players that they truly have gotten rid of and how many players are still there that I think they needed to be gone. So, uh, look, I mean, many will tell you maybe the biggest losers uh, of this window so far. And time will tell. I'd like to give him benefit of the doubt because – because I think players like Maguire in particular can, you know, they're leaders. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and just by virtue of price to compare him uh, to Van Dyke, but he could have the same effect. Same effect is not to get Manchester United where Liverpool were, but get them in the conversation if all things go well. Let's just say that Manchester United beat Chelsea in the first game. That's a massive boost psychologically, right? It could snowball for you. Uh, I think he's a leader. Juan Bisaka solves that. Luke Shaw is pretty good uh, on the other side. You look at you look at Langley. Bella. I don't know. Sorry about that. This is unusual. But see, my, my even my dog wants to have a say about Manchester United, Patrick. So that so so there you have it. Um, uh, moving on to La Liga, let's start with Barcelona, defending champions. Notable additions, Antoine Griezmann from Atletico, Frankie de Jong from Ajax. I think it's clear where Barcelona focus lies is the Champions League. Giannis, do you think Barcelona can redeem themselves in the Champions League? 
after the embarrassing defeats to Liverpool and Roma last year. Patrick, sorry, I, I'm losing you. I don't know why. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you, but, but I, I heard you talking about Barcelona and then I lost you. Okay, uh, how do you think they'll do in the Champions League this year after the embarrassing defeats to Liverpool and Roma the last two years? Oof, I mean, look, I always think that Barcelona uh, are capable, right? I mean, for as long as they have Messi, then you always think that they can, right? There's going to be a time that he's going to be gone. And yes, there's going to be a downturn, just like we've seen from Arsenal. We've seen from Manchester United and many others. There's going to be a massive rebuild because, uh, you know, he's such a threat. I don't think I have to explain here uh, about him in terms of what he can do. So for as long as they have him here, uh, you know, they'll be fine psychologically, that's going to be the key because I think they have the talent. They obviously uh, have gotten better. There's no questions about that in terms of uh, uh, what they have done in the transfer market, right? So if you look at Frankie de Jong, uh, if you look at Antoine Griezmann, even if you look at Junior Firpo, who came over from Real Betis, although he didn't have a good game yesterday when I watched him against Napoli, uh, is still going to get the question is psychologically I mean those are two massive collapses because never mind what happened last year against Liverpool but the year before of course remember against Roma right 4-1 at home and 3-0 away I mean that's two years in a row even with 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 Messi where they've collapsed Uh, they're still good enough to win the league because I think we see what's happening with Real Madrid and things aren't exactly great there so uh, you still have to look at uh, look at uh, Barcelona as favorites to win La Liga. And again, they're going to be one of the favorites uh, uh, in the Champions League. They're going to get there towards the end. And, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens because uh, it's going to be more about psychology than anything else with Barcelona once they get to the latter stages of the Champions League. All right. Uh, moving on to Atletico Madrid. I think they'll be one of the more interesting sides to watch in Europe this season. There's been a huge turnover in their squad. Notable depart- departures include Diego Godin, Juan Fran, Felipe Luis, Luis Hernandez, Rodri, and of course Griezmann. The most notable arrival is Portuguese teenager Jao Felix from Benfica. Giannis, how do you think Diego Simeone will do this season transitioning Atletico from a more defensive side to a team playing on the front foot this season? I'm, I'm losing you. This is unbelievable. Yeah, Atletico Madrid. Yep. Um... I hope you can patch this together because it sounds a bit of a, uh, you know, sorry, apologies if this is on my end, but uh, uh, Atletico Madrid, an incredible story, an incredible story, really, because uh, even I didn't see that coming. You turn over the entire team. You've mentioned some of the players. I mean, the entire back four, but forget, forget that. Just look at the leadership and look at the spine of the team. When you lose players like Godin, uh, in the center of the of defense, you look at uh, uh, Rodri in the midfield and Antoine Griezmann, right? Not to mention Juan Fran, who's been a mainstay for many years. You've mentioned probably Hernandez as well and Felipe Luis. That's the entire back four. That is incredible. For them to do what they've done in a timely manner, when there's still two or three weeks left in the window, who knows if they're going to do something uh, something else as well. Uh, and and again, I you know I think. I think the reason we're so rah-rah about them is because what we saw against Real Madrid, which, which could be deceptive. But w- when you look at Diego Costa, 
when you look at uh, Jao Felix, the way he came in and the way he's been playing, I think you're going to get something uh, out of uh, Morata. Injured again, but I think he'll be back. I look at Lodi at left back, and I'm, I'm saying, my goodness, what a player. Mario Hermoso. Cholo Simeone has done a tremendous job, tremendous job. Because I mean, you know, I, I mean, look at look at Manchester United. We've talked about Arsenal. We, you know, I mean, or some of these teams. We thought that well, maybe if they need, you know, maybe they need one or two or three players. I mean, this is a team that's turned over the entire the entire selection. So, so I think again, uh, we have to look at it. We have to uh, tip our hat to Cholo uh, Simeone. It's not going to be easy. Let's just wait and see. And remember that that Real Madrid game was just a friendly match and it's going to be much different. But again, you look at Atleti and and maybe in my head, I said to myself, it was a two-horse race for the most part. You have to add Atleti to that, I think, based on what we're seeing. And, you know, I mean, the likes of uh, Valencia and Sevilla, they may have a say as well because they have strengthened them, themselves as well. But I am full of admiration for Cholo Simeone and Atletico Madrid with the job they've done so far. Just watching them in the preseason, uh, I don't want to say they haven't missed a beat, but uh, uh, they've done their homework early, and they're reaping benefits of that because they've had the chance now to train with these new players, to integrate them, and the level of that was for all of us to see against Real Madrid. Moving on to Real Madrid, how do you think they'll do this season? They were pretty terrible last season. Now Zidane's back for a full season. They've strengthened. How do you see them doing? Again, I'm, I'm just going to wait and see. You know, I mean, it's easy to go negative uh, on Real Madrid, right? But that's never a good thing because, you know, it's a massive club. Uh, just, you know, obviously there's going to be some turnover. Um, uh, now Zinedine Zidane is back, certainly with a much different team than he had uh, before when he was winning three Champions League trophies on the trot, right? Um, the, the window for them is still open. We can't forget about that because I, I know that today it's, you know, Premier League is so big that we go on the windows open, uh, shot and all that. Uh, Real Madrid will still uh, look for players. Uh, Eden Hazard scored his first goal. We all know that in the preseason he's never been big. He's a tremendous player that's going to that's gonna help them tremendously. Uh, negative, of course, Luka Jovic getting injured in the preseason. But I think in the end he's going to be positive. Uh, during that season, uh, Rodrigo, uh, Eder Militao, I think he's going to be a good player for them. Rodrigo is young, so let's just wait and see. My problem is that, that, that there's, for me, there's a power struggle between Zinedine Zidane and Florentino Perez, and that's an issue. And Gareth Bale, that continues to be an issue on two levels. Uh, look, Zinedine, Z, uh, Florentino Perez, Perez had to beg Zinedine Zidane to come back, right? Let's be honest here. He had to. He came back with some expectations. One of them, I'm sure, was uh, Gareth Bale. He didn't want him. He's here. Florentino Perez obviously is flexing his muscle here uh, because he was the one that got him. He is still the most expensive player in the history of Real Madrid. Still, I think, a million over uh, Ed Nazard. Uh, but he's going to be a distraction. And I don't like that. I also don't like the, the stance that Zinedine Zidane has taken. Because I don't care how much you don't like a player. It looks like he's going to be stuck with him. But he's not stuck with just any player. I, I think a good coach always finds a way for a player like Gareth Bell. You don't have to like him. He's rubbing him the wrong way, obviously. You know, and, it, and most likely is his attitude maybe or maybe 
his body language, you know, issues of the pitch. But when he is on the pitch, he has proven over and over and over how good he is. Not just number of goals, but the sort of goals, how important those goals were in the Champions League finals in a big, big matches. So, so I hope here, and we're going to find out a lot about Zinedine Zidane, how truly good he is. We gave him credit as a young manager. He's had a tremendous team with Cristiano Ronaldo. And I'm not saying here that uh, he didn't know how to coach and players wanted for him because I don't think that's the case. But we sure will find out how good of a coach Zinedine Zidane is when the times are a little bit tougher. And I think for him to be successful, I I think he's going to have to find a way. If Gareth Bale stays and they don't find a way to offload him somehow still, I think he needs to find a way to integrate him because he it's just too good of a player to keep uh, in reserves or with the youth team. I, I think it would be crazy on Zinedine Zidane's part. Yeah, I agree. Also, Marco Asensio to miss the entire season with a torn Big loss. Miguel, Big loss. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this, Janusz. Bundesliga, Bayern Munich beat Dortmund to the title last season. They won by like one or two points. Do you think Dortmund obviously strengthened the summer? Do you think they can overtop Bayern Munich this season? I think they can. The big story is it, it never mind what happens there. I think for the first time and I don't maybe in my life, I look at Bayern Munich and I see them as a weak team, as a team that I don't look at. You know, we normally say one of the favorites to win the Champions League. I mean, this is as bad as it gets. Uh, I, you know, a, again, windows still open and different story uh, right now. But we all know what happened to Zane now with an ACL injury. He's going to be out for the season. So, obviously, that transfer is not going to take place, assuming that he was going to take place. I think filling the void after uh, Robin and Ribéry was always going to be difficult. But now, without Zane, it just becomes that much more difficult. Look, I like Coman and I like Serge Gnabry. But in terms of being a massive club, one of the best in the world, one that... We expect to win the Bundesliga, but we expect them to be important in, in, in the Champions League as well. It's certainly not enough. Robert Lewandowski has stated that. I mean, not much going forward. You look at Thomas Muller, a shadow of a player that we once knew when he was scoring five goals in two World Cups, right, in each of them. Um, I look at Boateng, which we thought he may be gone. I mean, if you looked at him and, and Zule against Dortmund, I mean, two players, I mean, I've never been a massive Zula fan. I mean, I, I, he seems cumbersome to me, um, not quick, not a lot of mobility. Look, we all know Pavard and Lucas Hernandez are there. We all know that they can serve multiple functions. We know their center backs by trade, but they can play out wide. But again, it's going to take a little bit of time. I think they can be successful. Hernandez coming off of injury, right, the longer term. So uh, those are big question marks. in the midfield as well, in terms of creativity, Towards the end of last season and in this preseason, I haven't seen much from Thiago Alcantara. Um, James is gone. I mean, you tell me. It's The last time I've seen a Bayern Munich team that had to react was when Jurgen Klopp, of course, won with Borussia Dortmund back-to-back. And they made swift decisions, if you remember. All those great names that we, we, we've mentioned already were bought. And right now, we haven't seen anything. I haven't seen a player added to that team that I think can make a difference. So, this is a real, real worry uh, if you buy Munich. Unless, of course, you know, here's a team, of course, that can say next week maybe get Christian Eriksen, right? Sort of player that wants to leave that I could see there. 
even maybe Gareth Bale. I mean, those sort of players. So they can still surprise and look into Spain or Italy or France or elsewhere and get much better. We'll talk about him differently. But right now, uh, if you're a Bayern Munich fan, you have to be worried. All right. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Obviously, a few technical difficulties, but some great content from Janis Mihalik from ESPN. Always great to have him on the podcast. Now we'll bring back Seamus and a special guest to go have a more in-depth preview of the Premier League. We'll touch on all the top clubs again and get a word in on every single team in the league. So stay with us here. All right, welcome back to the Biased Opinion Podcast. I'm Seamus Kelly here with PJ Hennessy, and we got a special guest today, Mike Carr. Uh, he's here to talk about some Premier League soccer. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah, uh, Premier League starting up on Friday. Um, let's start with the defending champions, Manchester City. Mike, they're looking for a three-peat. How do you uh, see Manchester City doing this year? Um, They're definitely in contention for the three-peat. they got a good squad, and they even made it better with a good signing in Roger. He was a strong center mid that they brought over for Atletico Madrid for, I think, a fair price at 70 million euros. Uh, Cancelo's a good defender. That's a pretty decent deal for them to get him from Juventus. And then, yeah, definitely tough for them. That's going to be a hit company walking for Anderlecht. And um, what do you think for them this year? Yeah, the company, he's a big leader. That, that's definitely going to be a miss. He kind of won the title for them last year, especially scoring that big goal against Leicester in the second-to-last game, the rocket into the top corner. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying Manchester City are going to focus on the Champions League this year. And, but I don't see that happening at all. I think they'll be prepared for every single game. So I don't think them playing in the Champions League or their focus on the Champions League is going to take anything away from their Premier League performance. Mm. Seamus? Yeah, back-to-back champs. they got to be the favorites. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have much to add there. But, uh, yeah, best team in the league, clearly. Three-peat, it's hard, though. It's hard, can't, hard Has, to three-peat in any sport. Hasn't happened since Manchester United did it under uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. All right, to a team that could potentially challenge Manchester City this year, Liverpool finished in second last season with 97 points, yet to win the Premier League title since 1990. Mike, do you think they're in a good position to end the title drought? Uh, they could be. They didn't make any moves over the summer. And it seems like, opposed to Manchester City, they kind of have more of a European approach where Manchester City is quite domestic. I mean, Liverpool is definitely right there domestically. I'd like to see them, maybe, yeah. I think they could be right there. They got a strong squad. Uh, Van Dyke's probably one of the best defenders, if not the best center back in the world. And he'll lock down that defense. They got a strong front three. And yeah, they'll be they'll be right up there, if not the top team, breaking that title drought. Yeah, I don't I don't see it this year. I don't know why they didn't make any signings over the summer. I think when you're really good, that's the best time to strengthen your squad. Right now they have really no backups to Mane, Firmino, or Salah. I guess it's kind of hard to find a guy like in their prime of their career who's going to take a bench role. So that's kind of yeah. hard to recruit that backup player. But I just think Manchester City still has more depth than Liverpool. I would like to see. I don't know. It's hard to improve a team like Liverpool as well when you have ninety-seven points and they have they do have a good squad all over the pitch. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll see. What do you think about Liverpool, James? Uh, I'm not really feeling Liverpool this year. Um, I think they're going to regress. Uh, Man City's probably going to regress too, but. Man City added uh, they added some players. Liverpool didn't add anyone. 
So I think the regression is going to be worse. And I think Man City is a better team overall. So I just, I don't know. I don't see Liverpool challenging Man City. Um, I think they peaked last year. A little UCL championship hangover. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I don't. I I'd say Liverpool falls out of the top two this year. That's my bold prediction. Falls out of the top two, man. We'll see, we'll see what happens there. They haven't had the best preseason. We'll see what happens. All right, moving on to a uh, Chelsea finished third last season, seventy two points. First year in a new manager, Frank Lampard. Mike, how do you see Chelsea uh, going this year? I don't know. It could go a couple of ways here. They lose a great player in the Belgian left winger Hazard, and they they replace him with Pulisic, the unproven American, and that'll make for interesting. First year manager, also interesting transfer ban. That's on their minds. Um, Mateo Kovacic, I'm not sure how they got him with the transfer ban, but he's coming over permanently from um, Real Madrid. And it, I could potentially see them being out of the Champions League qualification area and down into the Europa League, if not worse. Depends how it goes. Uh, also, some news stirring with David Luiz, a potential loan move over to Arsenal. That would really mix things up. He's been there for a while, consistent defender for them. So, I'm not really sure. Chelsea could go either way. We'll see how Pulisic develops onto the Chelsea squad. And the other guys they got, we'll see how it works with that. And we'll see how um, Kepa does in his second <laughs> year as goalkeeper. And, Yeah. What are you thinking about for Chelsea? Yeah, they're definitely competing for a top four spot this year. If they finish in the top four, that'd be a successful season. I just don't see where the goals are coming from. I mean, they lost Eden Hazard. They don't really have a true striker. I mean, Olivier Giroud is like their starting striker right now. That's that's not going to no, get it done. Not great. So I think uh, Chelsea fans are going to be patient this year with Frank Lampard. He also hasn't he hasn't managed at a this is his first big managerial job, so it's it's a risk to take him on. So I don't know. Chelsea is going to be. I think it's an interesting time for Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty low on Chelsea this year. You lose your one of your best players, replace him with an American who couldn't lead his team to even qualify for the World Cup. Not even close. Couldn't even get playing time in the German league. And you you pay the guy you pay sixty four million for this guy. Couldn't cut it. Couldn't even get a starting spot in the German league. What what makes you think that he's gonna do anything in the Premier League? Well, he's not I'm, not, I'm not a Pulisic fan until he proves it. For now, I think he's soft. He hasn't really done anything. Never accomplished anything in his career. All hype so far. Only cause if he wasn't American, nobody would know his name. Yeah, he's only I, he's only hyped because he's American. I disagree with that. Uh, he was starting for Dortmund at age eighteen. And yeah, and then what happened? Well, there's different managers and there's different they styles fired the of bat, play. They, and there's diff- you fit differently with different managers. I think I think Pulisic should be fine. Uh, he's yeah, not going to be expected. To, he's not going to be slotted into the starting lineup right away. They'll ease him into it. Uh, I think well, I think he'll be okay. He's done all well. He's done all right in preseason. Chelsea's right? falling on the tables. Okay. And nobody's asking Christian Pulisic to replace the. Eden Hazard, one for one in the starting lineup. So well, exactly. You don't have a replacement for him. So you're, right. So that's gonna... not good for Chelsea. That's nothing to do with Pulisic. That's not a, Well, that's... I just think Pulisic is a waste of $64 million. That's bad for Chelsea. Okay, that's my opinion. Well, it's, it's Pulisic or nobody because they had a transfer ban. So they were lucky that they got the deal done in January before the transfer ban came in. I think I would rather have $64 million for next transfer window than Christian Pulisic. But that's just me. Until no. he proves me differently. That's how I feel about Christian Pulisic. Okay, we'll, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep up with Pulisic this year uh, in the Premier League. All right, moving on to Tottenham. Finished fourth last season, 71 points. Uh, towards the end of the season last year, they kind of focused on the Champions League, so that's why their points total went down. Uh, they finished runner-up to Liverpool. Uh, do you think they can close the gap, Mike, on 
Manchester City and and Liverpool. We said Manchester City and Liverpool are going to regress a little bit this year. Uh, Hmm. Can Tottenham move up the table a little bit? Uh, I don't see them higher than three this year. Um, Finally, they've done something in the transfer window. I believe it was something around 514 days in which they didn't complete a single transfer, (laughs) which is just absurd to me for a top-tier English team. Um, Surprise run in the um, Champions League last year. Didn't think they'd see through Manchester City as well as Ajax. But I think they made a couple moves. Um, I know they were interested in Dybala. It doesn't look like that's going to happen with the transfer window coming to a close soon. And aging pieces. Alderweireld's getting pretty old back there. Yuris has had some off-the-field issues. Um, uh, what do you think for the Spurs? Yeah, I think their window, it's... Definitely closing. I mean, they have a great manager. You don't know how long he's going to be there for. I like their signing uh, midfielder Ndombele from Lyon for 65 million euros. It's a signal of intent, I think, for Spurs. I think they'll definitely be in the top four, finishing third. I think it'd be big if they could win a domestic trophy, an FA Cup or something like that. Um, but if they're able to make a late addition in the transfer window, deadline day, and keep Ericsson out of Royals, I think, I think Spurs can go up this year. But they're going to need consistent play from, uh, from Harry Kane up top, I think. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah, he's got to be healthy and, for them to have success domestically. But their squad's looking good general. if they can keep uh, Harry Kane and Son fit, I think. Yeah. What do you think, Shane? Is Tottenham? Uh, I think Tottenham's pretty good. Harry Kane can't stay healthy. I feel like the guy's always hurt. Every time I look at a Tottenham, uh, every, t- every time Tottenham's about to play a big game, so it's like, oh, Harry Kane may or may not play. It's questionable. Whatever. I think that he's hurt a lot. Got to stay healthy. Um, if they, I feel like they're like a piece away. I feel like they add someone big. I think they get past Man City, but until then, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd be too confident in them winning the league. But I think they'll be a good team. Yeah, I, I predict top three. Top three, yeah, that that should happen. Um, they got, they have a good starting eleven. Their depth is probably their. That's why they're not as good as Liverpool and Man yeah. City. We'll see how Deli Alley is another year older. Yeah, he more needs experience. to develop. He All right, could come along a bit. Uh, moving on to uh, Arsenal, finished fifth last season with seventy points. Uh, I just want to start off with saying I don't understand what they're doing at all. At the beginning of the transfer window, it was reported that they had no money to spend and they can only get loan deals. And then all of a sudden, they spend 78 million euros on a left winger from France called Nicolas Pepe, who's had one good season for Lille, never played in a European competition before. And all of a sudden, they dropped 78 million euros on him. They also signed uh, midfielder Danny Ceballos on loan from Real Madrid with no option to buy because he doesn't want to be there. He just wants to go back to Real Madrid after the season. Aaron Ramsey left the club for a free transfer to Juventus. They haven't signed a defender yet, which clearly is their need. Um, they've reportedly agreed a deal to sign David Luiz from Chelsea and another deal to sign a left-back from Celtic, who's a good young left-back, I guess. But I'm not big on Arsenal this year. I like the manager, second season under Unai Emery, but I don't know how you spend 78 million euros on a left-winger when your need is defense. Yeah, that's, that doesn't make any that's sense an interesting me. choice, especially, like you said, they came into the window with saying they had little to no money. And then you go out and make a splash for 80 million euros almost on an unproven name. I mean, it could pay off, I guess, maybe. But they're, um, I know, um, what's his name? Uh, Think about it in a minute, but I know I couldn't see them in the top four. I think they'll be back in the Europa League. And they made a good run in that last year, but 
Who knows if they'll have any more success uh, in the European game. Remember the year before they struggled to get by Atletico in the uh, Europa, Europa League. League. So, um, definitely not definitely not top two. Maybe top four, but I, I definitely see them in the five, six, and potentially even seven range. Yeah. James, you a little bit more optimistic on Arsenal than me and Mike are? Definitely. Much more optimistic on Arsenal than both of you. Got to disagree with you there. Um, bold prediction, they finished top three at least. I'm a huge Bayern man guy. He's my, we'll get to it a little bit later, but he's my uh, sleeper pick for the golden boot. <laughs> That's serious. He's like the fifth highest score scorer in Premier League history in the first 50 games. He's like right behind Salah. He's three three less goals than Salah in one I'm, less game in the first any, 50 games. Nobody's arguing with Arsenal's offensive talents. Yeah, and then they picked up Pepe. You guys are saying you never heard of this guy or whatever. I don't know. He's unknown. I think Arsenal knows what they're doing. They came in fifth last year. Their scouts are clearly good. They're good at they're good at buying players. Of buying man got him from Dortmund a few years ago. They know what they're doing. I trust Arsenal. And if they're gonna spend seventy eight million on a guy when they're tight with money, I think he must be. They must see something in him. So I think he'll provide. Uh, some good offense for them. Push them over the top. And everyone else, they got to zig when everyone else zags. Other teams are playing a balanced game, two-way game. They're all offense. All gas, no breaks. And I respect that. I like that. So I like Arsenal this year. Um, yeah. Don't have much to say other than that. All right, yeah. Big in Arsenal. That game should be very entertaining this year. A lot of goals. Yeah, all I like right. that. Moving on to Manchester United. Uh, I, I don't know where to begin with Manchester United. Finished sixth last season, 66 points. Kind of a, just a wreck at the end of Jose Mourinho's time. Yeah. House came crashing down. Allegri Sochar came in. This will be his first season as manager. As manager, he started off well last year against bad competition. Everybody thought he was a great manager. They gave him the job, and then at the end of the season, they couldn't really buy a win, and they couldn't even beat Huddersfield. So, I guess the only way is up for Manchester United this year. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? I'm hopeful. This is my personal favorite team, but not trying to be biased. Uh, so, I like the signings. A lot of people think they may have overpaid for Maguire, but fills a need they have. Keeps Phil Jones off the field, who's just pitiful at soccer. <laughs> and I think it sets up a nice forward defensive lineup with uh, Juan Basaka, the pickup from Crystal Palace, and followed with uh, Victor Lindelof, the Swede, and uh, Harry Maguire in the middle. And then the captain, Ashley Young, on the... Um, the right side there. I don't know how I feel about him as captain. Uh, Pogba obviously didn't work out and it was kind of bounced around. Valencia is not getting the minutes that he used to, so no real need for him to be captain. And then the midfield, Matic usually underperforms. Pogba, you never know with him. Lingard, kind of waiting for him to progress for a while now. And up top, you got Lukaku, who comes in in the 60th or 70th minute usually because he's not great. Rashford, hopefully he takes a step forward. I like him a lot. Great potential. And I think a potential good thing for United this year could be the fact that they're only in the Europa League, so they'll be fresher than these other English teams competing for the Champions League because they'll start the year playing teams that you've never heard of and then... They don't really have to expend a lot of energy with the top guys, and they can probably get some rest out of that where other teams, such as the top four, who are in the Champions League, are giving it their all, which I think uh, goes well for them. Hopefully Ole is good in his first full year, 
And yeah, they can't go. They're not falling out of the top six, and I don't see them below four. Probably not much higher than three. I doubt they get into the top two just yet, but I could definitely see them as a three or four team, maybe five if it goes pretty poorly. Yeah, I think it. I don't see Man United finishing in the top four this year. I think if they do, it's more because of the trash play of Chelsea and Arsenal than the good play of Man United. I think it's big that they kept hold of Pogba. I mean, if you sell him, I don't. I don't know what that says about your club. You're supposed to be the richest club in the world, and you're selling your best players. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and then I think Man United more than anything needs like a style of play. I mean, you can't just keep signing these random guys and just throw them in and expect them to be good. I mean, you have to have a style of play and sign players to that style of play for it to work. So they spend money every year. We'll see if Oliano Shosire brings a style of play and these players fit it. What do you think, Seamus? Um, not that high, Man U. Uh, classic underachievers last year. Uh, they're paying their guys a combined 150 million. Uh, it was highest in the league. Um, highest in the league again this year, paying their guys a combined 130, 138 million. Um, and they continue to not even they didn't even come to the top five last year when they were playing their guys the most money of anyone in the league. So I think that says a lot about their friend, uh, their their organization. Um, and I mean they added all these guys, but like I said, they added guys every like they they're always adding guys. Never really results in that any wins. Harry Maguire, I saw him in the World Cup. I thought he was a pretty good player. But, I mean, other than that, I, I'm i not thinking much of Man U's additions. And Pogba, rumors that he wants to go play in Spain. He might be a little disgruntled there. We'll see how good his... If, if, I don't know if he's, Pogba's going to try his hardest for Man U this year. He wants to leave. He wants out. He wants to go play for Real Madrid. So I, don't, I just don't see Pogba putting in his best effort. And that's going to hurt their team. Yeah, they, they are short. I don't, I don't know if they're getting any better than six. I wouldn't disagree. I don't know. I think they can get fifth. Um, actually, now that we've summarized the top six teams, Mike, you want to start off with your uh, top six prediction, top six teams in order? Yeah. I'll, I'll go one to six. I'm going to take uh, Man City to pull off the three-peat. They're deep. They're young. They're strong. They're signing. And I think they'll be right up there again. And then following them, I'm thinking um, the Spurs will step up. They... Like you said, the window's closing, so maybe they seize this opportunity, get real close to City, but can't quite pass them. Then coming in third will be Liverpool, uh, followed by Man United, and then I'll go, let's see, hmm. I think Arsenal will stay there. I like Unai Emery, they'll, they'll come in fifth. Chelsea, like I said in my segment about Chelsea, they could slip. And a bold prediction I'd have would be the Wolves slip into the top six. All right, we'll get to the Wolves uh, in a little bit. I'll go uh, Man City 1, uh, 3P. I think they're still just too strong. Liverpool 2, uh, Tottenham 3. I think they'll be 3 comfortably. I think the top three are going to separate themselves over the course of the season. And then it's just who is can hang on for the fourth spot and who's just not as bad as the other team. So I'm going to go Chelsea 4, uh, Man United 5, Arsenal 6. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Man City first, um, Tottenham second, my guys Arsenal third, then I like uh, Liverpool in fourth, and then fifth, kind of a bold prediction here, I think Chelsea's falling out of the top six, uh, I'm going to go with Everton coming fifth, and then Man U coming sixth. Alright, uh, so there's a, there's our top six, All right, so now we're going to try and t- touch on as many teams as we can. Uh, as quickly as possible. So let's go in order of how they finished last season. 
Let's go with Wolves. Finished seventh last season, fifty-seven points. They were promoted last season, best finish ever a promoted team. I think the only way is down. They're going to enter the Europa League qualifiers this year, and the Europa League has really shown that it's taken a toll on the lesser clubs. So I don't think they'll be in danger of relegation. I like the way that they play, but I think I think they're going down. Maybe I don't know, tenth, eleventh place finish. Mike, I know you're high on them. Yeah, I said six, and uh, the. Chinese financial takeover is obviously huge for them. They got their way out of the championship and finished seventh, which is very impressive. And I'm high on uh, the young striker out of Portugal, Diego Jota. I think he'll be very contributive to the team this year. I know they got some experienced names. They'll they'll work together. They have some leadership, some experience. I think that sneaks them into the top six. And like you said, the Europa League might take a toll on them. They're obviously not as strong as the top six. But I'm going out on a limb and saying that they will slip into the top six. Seamus, anything more to add on Wolves? Uh, not really, but I like that they didn't really lose anybody. Added some talent, and they came in seventh last year. So Yeah, I, think... I agree with that. They didn't lose anybody, so that's good for them. Um, moving on to Everton. Finished 8th last season, 54 points. Second season under manager Marco Silva. They signed some young, exciting players. Uh, Moises Keane from Juventus for 32 million euros. They signed another midfielder from Mainz for 27 million euros. They've reportedly made a bid for Wilfred Zaha and Alex Wobi, so that'll be one to follow for transfer deadline day. I have notes with Everton since the start of the 2016-2017 season. They've spent around 450 million euros. I know they've gotten money from sales of like Lukaku, Barkley, Stones, and Fellaini, but... 450 million euros for Everton is a lot of money, and they haven't had the return on investment, I think. You don't spend 450 million euros to finish 7th, 8th, and 8th. I don't know. They've had three different managers in that period, so I don't. I think they're going to finish around this place again. I think 7th or 8th is the highest they can go. What do you think? James, you said they're going to 5th. What do you like about Everton this year? Um, I mean, like you said, they've been consistent in the top 8th, 8th, 7th the last three years. Uh, I think this is the year. They've been knocking on the door. I think they break into the top 5. It's the second year under this manager. And, I mean, he had their best finish in the last three years, so that's a progress. And they, like you said, they added a lot of talent. I like getting young guys from uh, Spanish clubs and Italian clubs. I like that. I think that's, I like that, you know. I, the 19-year-old forward, I think that guy's going to score some goals. I think he's going to have a big impact. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan. I like Everton this year. I think they should take the next step. Am I getting to add on Everton? I think they should, like you said, definitely be better with that amount of spending. Seventh, eighth, eighth is nothing special they should definitely crack into the top six like with that spending be interesting to see if they could get Wilfred Zaha in there yeah, or a Wobi, or potentially both they're both strong players that would bring a lot to an Everton side Moise Keane's a good signing nice young forward don't know how long he'll be there especially with his potential development um I could see them anywhere in the seven to ten range yeah, they have the same problem as Man United. Just spend money but have, like, no style of play and just throwing players in. It hasn't worked the last three years. All right. Leicester City finished ninth last season, 52 points. First full season, a new manager, Brendan Rodgers. Um, I think I think they'll sh- but be in work in progress this year. I think they'll finish in the top ten. They'll play some good, some good football, I think, and I don't know. Losing Harry Maguire is a big loss for them, but they've also made good signings. So I like I like Leicester to be pretty consistent this year, and they'll be they'll be they'll have a, be a tough team to beat. I think especially at the big teams, Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham. That'll be Leicester away, Leicester at home. That's gonna be a tough game for them to win. 
Yeah, uh, they'll give a challenge for those teams they have as of late. Uh, McGuire, that's a pretty good signing for them. They got probably a lot more money than they should have. Uh, Yuri Tielemans, the, the Belgian mid out of Monaco. He's young. He's good. See what he brings to the side. I think that $45 million is a pretty good deal for him. They'll get a great return on investment down the line as a player, as a sale. Definitely inconsistency with the manager, and that is a lot of spending, $350 million since the title. You'd like to see maybe a little more out of them. Like not Finishing ninth is a little disappointing. You'd want to see them with that spending in at least the 7, 8, maybe 6 range. And it just seems like they'll never get back up to where they were just a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, I don't know much to add. I think they'll be pretty mediocre. Um, doesn't seem like they changed that much. They lost Harry Maguire, who I think is pretty good. So, I don't know. don't really think they're getting any better this year. All right, West Ham finished 10th last season, 52 points. Uh, I don't have much to say about them. I don't I don't think they're going to make a big jump into the top six. I don't think they're going to have a chance to be relegated. They're just they're too good to be relegated. I don't know. There's not much. Yeah. Kind of the same old, same old West Ham. Yeah, nothing really major. A couple small signings, a couple sales, but they'll be in the 9 to 15 range, I'm sure, in the league. Definitely no relegation, mm-hmm. but nothing special out of them. Seamus, West Ham, your sleeper team, or... No, I got I got nothing to say about West Ham. Okay, move, uh, moving on to Watford, finished eleventh last year. It's their fifth season in the Premier League since getting promotion in twenty fifteen. Not a whole lot of transfer activity. Usually they buy like eight players a summer and just throw them in with a random manager. That hasn't happened this year, so. Uh, I don't. Again, another team that's too good to be relegated. You think? Yeah, Danny Welbeck's a decent signing. Brings some experience for that squad. Definitely too good to be relegated. Um. It's their best finish since 87. It's their fifth season. The guys are experienced in the Premier League. They're not going down, but they're not going to be going up. Uh, moving on to Crystal Palace. 12th last season, entering their seventh season in the Premier League since promotion in 2013. I'm worried about Crystal Palace. I think, I think they're going to get relegated. Uh, they haven't done really much in the transfer window. They signed Gary Cahill on a free transfer. They also signed this midfielder from Real Betis on loan with an option to buy. And they've reportedly made a 25 million euro bid for a Russian forward, but the main thing with Crystal Palace is they're a one-man team, and that's Wilfred Zaha. They've rejected a bid of Everton for like around 70 million pounds for him. He's handed in a tra- transfer request, so this is going to go down to the final day of the transfer window. He's under contract till June 2023. I think if they lose him, they're they're going down, and yeah, and if they keep him. I still don't think they're very good because they haven't added anybody, and I think they've been hanging on in the Premier League for the last couple of years as well. Yeah, uh, even with Zaha, bottom five, six team probably with chance of relegation. Zaha's going to want right out of there if that's the case. He's a better player. He's not a championship player. He's a Premier League player or a separate league, wherever he may go. I've heard reports, man, you have a buyback clause on him. They're not Don't buying know how back. much I believe there's, that. There's, there's no buyback clause on him. He's, no. not, he's not going back to me. And then I saw him wearing a Man U jersey, but it was just in support of a fellow injured national teammate, Eric Bailly. He's not going so to I don't think he'll be going to Man U, but... I don't know. If, they, if they're nowhere higher than 15th in the league, I don't see him staying. Seamus... Yeah. Um, I mean, one-man team, 
about to lose their best player, try to replace him with a Russian guy. Seems like an awful strategy. I'm not. I, I don't think they're a very good team. That's yeah. all I got to say about them. Yeah, and if you do sell Zaha, you get eighty million or whatever. I mean, you're not gonna be able to sign anybody for a reasonable price because everybody's gonna know you have eighty million. So if you're gonna try and sign somebody before the deadline, it goes up ten million because you're signing with the last minute. Then it goes up another ten million because you just received eighty million. So you're gonna pay twenty million more than you should. So, not a good situation for Crystal Palace. No. Another team I'm not really high on is Newcastle United. Finished thirteenth last season, fifty uh, forty-five points. They did not extend their, the contract of manager Rafa Benitez. I I think Newcastle have massively underachieved the last couple of years. They're the only team in their region up north. They have a huge fan base, big stadium, seats fifty thousand. They should just be way better. They should be spending way more money. And for them, they're going to be battling relegation again. Hiring manager Steve Bruce. They sold their best forward in Iosi Perez to Leicester City for 32 million euros. They loaned their other best forward, Solomon Rondon. Oh, the loan deal for Solomon Rondon expired, and he's going to China with the manager, Rafa Benitez. So the two new players that they signed, uh, one from Hoffenheim for 45 million euros, Julitan, he's supposed to be a good player, and one from Nice for 22 million euros, Alan St. Maximin. I mean, I've never seen these two play, but they're supposed to be pretty good. All the pressure is going to be on them to score the goals. But I'm not high on Newcastle at all. They should be way better and spending way more money. And to let to have a manager of the quality of Rafa Benitez just leave your club, it's just, I, I don't understand it. That should be a guy that should be taking you to the next level. Yeah. And it seems like they've taken a step backwards. It's, it, that's too big, too well-respected of a club. They obviously care. They have a big fan base, a lot of fans, huge stadium. They were featured in the movie Goal. Uh, they obviously care. The fans would be devastated with relegation, so they're not going to let that happen with some spending. Um, for them, new manager's always tough. You never know which way it's going to go, up or down. But just I can't see Newcastle United getting relegated just yet. Seamus, Newcastle? Uh, I actually like Newcastle this year. I think they're going to make a rise to the top ten. Bold prediction here. Uh... New manager, went out, spent money, got his guys. Uh, St. Maximini, he's a big sleeper for me. Former teammate of my favorite player of all time, Mario Balotelli. This guy's got wheels, one of the fastest players in the world right here. St. Maximini, look out for him. A lot of goals coming this year. Yeah, I'm not... I think, I think he's going to lead Newcastle to a top-time finish. Yeah, that's not happening. Newcastle, they have... They should be the best of the rest. They should be behind Arsenal, Chelsea, yeah, Tottenham. That's how much potential they have. Top ten team and up they, there with Everton. They haven't fulfilled it for a good, I don't know, ten years or so. It's they should be way better. Uh, Bournemouth moving on to Bournemouth finished fourteenth last season, forty five points. They're entering their fifth season in the Premier League under manager Eddie Howe. Mike, just a great story of a team that yeah, plays some a pretty story. good football. Fourth division just just over a century ago, and now they've been able to stay in the Premier League. 14th, I don't know how much more of a finish you expect for a team that was just there not too long ago. And that, they made some signings, which is definitely always promising. Yeah, all these guys are young players, too. Yep, so. they're going for potential. They made a sale. Tyrone Mings, he's going to be good for Villa. but Injury prone a little bit. Yeah, they got some money for him, which is good. I don't know how much longer they'll stay. Depends how these new guys are. Uh, progress depends how the club plays, but they're not going down this year. Uh, there's a lot of other teams that will definitely be going down instead of them. Seamus, yeah, uh, great story. Um, made a couple, made a couple signings, and you know I respect their style of play. Never parked the bus. I like that. No, they always go toe to toe with teams. Um, yeah, they score plenty of goals. 
Against the bigger teams, it doesn't really work, but they beat the lower teams in the division. That's what keeps them in the year, league every year. Uh, moving on to Burnley. Finished 15th last year. They're entering their fourth season in the Premier League under manager Sean Dyche. Not much to say about Burnley. They just kind of play the same way every year. 4-4-2. Knock it long. Keep it simple. Tackle people. Play good defense. They usually have a solid goalkeeper. So I don't think they're in danger of relegation for just the way that they play. They were a victim of the Europa League last year. They finished 7th in 2018. Uh, yeah. And then had to go to the Europa League, which is why they finished 15th. So I think they'll be mid-table. Yeah, I could see them back up. Consistent play out of Burnley. Nothing too great, nothing terrible. No chance they go down. They could be in the probably 8 to 12 range, I'd say. is probably a good ceiling and floor for them. Yeah, I mean, grinder team. Play yeah, good they, defense. Are, they are They are a grinder like team. And they pick up a guy from West Brom. Uh, West Brom's favorite team of a friend of the program, so I know. Could pick up there, I guess. Yeah, I like grinder teams. Tough loss for the Albion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have no overpaid stars. They just they go right to work. All right. Uh, last five teams here. Let's get to them pretty quickly here. Southampton finished 16th last season. They had an up-and-down year. Um, I think they're a wild card this year. I think they could go either way. What do you think, Mike, Southampton? Yeah. i probably not going to get relegated. They made a couple signings, which is always promising. Uh, first full season under the new manager, so we'll see how that goes. I'd say no higher than 10, no lower than 15 for Southampton. Chairman, you see the same fate for Southampton? Yeah, um, I mean, I like, I like, I like they made, I like how they made signings, and uh, yeah, I don't know, not much to say about them, but no, uh, they played better at the end of the year last year, so we'll see if they can carry it into the season this year. Uh, Going, moving on to Brighton, last team before we get into the promotion teams. Finished 17th last year with 36 points. If the season was a 40-game season, they, they would have been relegated. They were going down. They failed to win any of their last nine games. and quite They were pretty hard to watch. Just parking the bus game after game. They avoided relegation by two points. Their manager was sacked. They hired a new manager. They signed a couple of guys, but they need way more signings, and I don't think they have enough goals, goal scorers on their team, so I think they're going down. Brighton Hove Albion definitely on the way down. It's I mean, they're gonna carry their form right in of last season right into this exactly. season. Exactly. Slow start. Yeah, I agree with that. Terrible streak of nine games without two points. And all the, and this my bad, my bad. You can the signings they made of these teams I never even heard of. Yeah, they they've yeah. signed guys from Bristol City, a uh, team in the Belgian league, and Brentford. Those are like third division clubs. Yeah, so it's bad. The and they they paid over twenty million for them. Yes, yeah, so these Each, guys. That's sixty million in spending. These guys don't have much time to. I, kinda, I want. The, I hope they get relegated. They, I don't like this team. They don't. It's stupid. This is, they don't have much time to develop either. They need to hit nah, the ground running. This is the New sport. York Jets of soccer right here. Uh, yeah, they. They've been in the league for a couple of years, but they have no real potential. All right, to the promoted teams. First up, Norwich City. They finished first in the championship last season game promotion. Back in the Premier League since the relegation in 2016. They had a three-year stint from 2012 to 2014. They spent no money. They sold no players. So they're just rolling with the team that got them up here. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. I think that sees them probably right down unless they can carry over some momentum. As you can see, the other promotion teams have made some bigger money signings um, definitely trying to build you can't just get to the Premier League and expect to win when you're coming with a championship lineup it's it's going to be tough I mean obviously they're successful in the championship but if that doesn't translate into the Premier League they they could be seen right back down into the championship for another year Seamus reading about uh, Norwich City's 
season this year. I mean, I respect them from sti- I respect them for sticking with their guys, but like, I don't know if that's a winning strategy. I can easily see them coming last, so yeah, it goes right back down. It so. can go both ways, uh, but all it takes is to sign one guy in January who can score you goals and you can stay in the league. All right, moving on. Sheffield United finished second in the championship last year, gained promotion. It's their first Premier League season since 2006-2007 season. Uh, they were in League One, which is the third division, uh, just three years ago. What do you think about Sheffield this year? Welcome addition to the Premier League? Yep, they're here. They're here to stay. Not sure for how long, but definitely another good story coming up from League One to the Championship, now here into the Premier League. They made some moves, um, which Norwich City obviously lacked to do. Uh Oliver McBurney from Swansea, Liz Moret from Bournemouth, some bigger name clubs. So obviously these guys have played in front of some crowds, which is bound to happen here. Sheffield United goes into some of the bigger stadiums, which they're probably not used to as they haven't been here since 06 or 07. So we'll see. They could potentially be right back down. They could also stay, but if they do stay, it's by by a very, very slim margin. Seamus, Sheffield United? Uh, yeah, not much to add there. Um, I mean, I just want to... There's not a guy from this team called Preston North End. Yeah. This team finished 22nd in the second division last year. This is, why are you signing guys from this team? Well, maybe... It's potential. MLS material. It's potential, but... It's MLS material. I, I don't So I don't like this team. I think they're going down. Right back down. All right. Uh, moving on. Aston Villa. Welcome addition back into the Premier League. They beated, they defeated Derby County in the playoff final, game promotion. After 29 years, they were relegated in 2016. They're a pretty historic club. They've won the league seven times. Last time in 1981, they even won the, the old European Cup in 1982. Mike, it looks like they're here to stay. They're they've, here to stay. They've spent and around 150. They spent around 150 million euros. Haven't sold anybody. They've signed four attacking players, five defenders, two midfielders, and a goalkeeper. It's not worth mentioning all the names. That's just going to take up five minutes of the show. I mean, yeah, Villa, Villa mean business. They're they're here to stay. They'll be up for another minimum ten years. Ten years? Yep. Just because they signed all these players, they're going to stay in the league for ten years. Yep. I think they have come together. They beat Derby. Derby is a strong side. They're usually championship, Premier League material. But Aston Villa, they took their prize money and they used it very well. They got a diverse group of players here, all parts of the pitch, and they they're a historic club. That's not a club that belongs in the championship or no. lower. This is their fans. If they if you've been a fan since eighty one, you've seen a top flight title. And now you're watching them in the playoff of the championship, unacceptable. They're here and they're here to stay. They'll slip into the top twelve. Seamus, you buying the uh, Aston Villa hype? Yeah, I like the hype there. Uh, great strategy. Getting it's a legendary club, well, very well known, worldwide. Uh, spent 150 million euros right after getting called up. That's I think that's a great strategy. That's how you win. That's how you. That's how you. As Mike said, that's how you stay in the Premier League for ten years. I like I like what Mike's saying here. I agree with him 100. percent Yeah, they're gonna be a tough team to play against. Uh, going and beating Villa on the road's gonna be very difficult. Um, so let's get to our relegation predictions. I'm gonna. I'll go first. I think in 18th will be Crystal Palace. Uh, they're going down. 19th, Brighton. 20th, I'm Norwich. Yeah, I'd say 18th, Sheffield. 
right back down. Brighton 19, Norwich finishes in the last position after trying to get it done with the same squad that won them the championship. Seamus? Um, I'm going to go, uh, yeah, I, I, the same bottom three as Mike. Same bottom three as Mike? Yeah. All right, sounds sounds Aston good. Villa is the only one here to stay out of the promotion. Yeah, I think I think Sheffield's gonna squeak it out a little bit. Fairy tale story. Um, all right, let's go to two quick prediction awards. We'll go Golden Boot and Player of the Year. We'll start with the Golden Boot. Mike, who you got for Golden Boot? Golden Boot, most goals in the Premier League next year. That's gonna go to Hong Ming Son. <laughs> Tottenham. He's been good for Tottenham. He can score. He can play. I think Tottenham will have a good year, top three, and he'll be uh, one of the contributing factors, especially in a case if Kane goes down. Yeah, I'm going to go for uh, Christian Pulisic. <laughs> <laughs> Very bold. Awful. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll go Sergio Aguero. Just model consistency. Uh, plays in a great Man City team. We're just going to set him up for Tappan City. What do you think, Seamus? Golden uh, boot? Like I said earlier, I think... P, uh, Pierre Aubameyang is uh, one of the golden boots this year. Yeah, My he, guy. he tied for it last year. I think there was three ties at the top Fa- last year. Fastest yeah, player in the league. Uh, some of the best first 50 games of any player in Premier League history. So, yeah. I like his chances. Arsenal aren't going to be worried about defending, so that's a, that's a good prediction. Whenever game 5-4. <laughs> Mike, player of the year? Um, I got a couple guys, potentially... I mean, there's still some chance for some big signings before this window closes. I'd go bold, and if Dybala comes, he'll be the player of the year. <laughs> Dybala's going to be player of the year. If he does not come... Um, I have to say Paul Pogba in a massive bounce back here that sees Man U back into the top four. Okay. Let's start off with having Paul Pogba play four good games before we call him player of the year. Uh, I don't I don't see that happening. I think I'm going to go for Bernardo Silva, Manchester City. He can play a bunch of different positions. Feisty player. He can pass, shoot, score, tackle. Just an all-around great player. Kind of got snubbed last year, I think. So Pep Guardiola said he should have won it over Van Dyke. So I think big year out of Bernardo Silva. Chip on his shoulder. And he's gonna. I think he's going to be one of the new leaders in the face of Manchester City for years to come. Um, yeah, hate to say this, but I have no idea who I'm taking for player of the year. I mean, tend to just go with the Byman because that's my guy. <laughs> but I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of good players in the Premier League. All right. I don't know. So it's going to be a, between Aubameyang and Pulisic for player of the year? Pulisic, is there a worse player in the league? Is there? Pulisic might be in the MLS come February. That's, that's a, all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. One of the worst takes. That's, that's a terrible take. Um... Alright, and that wraps it up for uh, this episode of Bias Opinion. Thank you for having me. Uh, Mike. Enjoy to talk about some EPL. Yes, thank you. I can't wait for the season to come. Hopefully you'll have me back on mm-hmm. for a postseason show or maybe even mid-season come winter break. We can go through our predictions, see where it is now, and just kind of compare to where we were at uh, this time and see where the teams are stacking up, especially some of those teams mm-hmm. that we can see going either way. Yep. Thank you, Mike, for uh, you. for joining for joining us. Uh, so that that'll wrap it up. Uh, follow us on Twitter at biased double underscore opinion, and uh, you can send us a voice message, and you can be featured in the next podcast. So thanks for listening. and We'll be back soon with more.